From WUSA 9 in Washington, D.C., this is 18 Days. It is the question no one has been able to answer for the past four years. What happened to Relisha Rudd? There's an Amber Alert out there for this eight-year-old girl. Her name is Relisha Rudd. She's from Southeast D.C. Where is she? Pray for us. Help me get my daughter back home safely. The FBI just released a chilling surveillance tape of Relisha and 51-year-old Khalil Tatum walking down the interior hallway of the Holiday Inn Express. She was with him for a lot of times and he brought her back. Is she still alive? That's the, one of the facts that's like, oh my gosh, there's something really wrong here. What new information do investigators have today they didn't have back then? Social workers went to the shelter and figured out it was all a lie. Uh, this discovery was a shock um, for us. Uh, we were um, very focused on finding Relisha. Do you think Relisha's alive? Yeah. Why do you think that? I always have strong hopes. You can't never let yeah. your hopes down. It's been four years since Relisha Rudd disappeared, and the man who could unlock the mystery and help police find Relisha was now dead himself. Investigators say Khalil Tatum used the same gun to commit suicide as he did to shoot and kill his wife just days earlier. And then three days after police found Tatum's body in a shed at Kilmerworth Park, they stopped searching the same part for Alicia. However, investigators have searched many other locations around that same park the past few years, and they are still no closer to finding her now than they were back then. No matter what, though, an eight-year-old girl still has not come home. Today, Relisha would be 12 years old. She'd be finishing seventh grade and getting ready for school to be out for the summer. As a mom, I understand why anyone would continue to hold out hope. That's really all you have, right? For months, my producer Dory and I have gone over newscasts. We've talked to people close to the investigation and we even visited the last place she was seen alive, as well as where she lived with her mom and three brothers. And we're still trying to wrap our heads around this whole case. And every answer we get, for all those answers we get, there's still that many more questions. The one person you still have not heard from yet is Relisha's mom, Shamika. I remember coming into work a few days after the search for Relisha ended in Kenilworth Park and getting word that Relisha's grandmother, Melissa Young, wanted to talk. And boy, I was skeptical at first. Would she really be there? And how much did she know about Relisha's disappearance? Because back then, we did not have all the information about the case that we do now. So. I went into this interview with an open mind, with lots of questions, and I was ready for whatever she was about to tell me. I met up with her at her daughter Ashley's apartment. So this is the place where Relisha's mother, Shamika, says she last saw her daughter more than a month prior. Let me set the scene for you so you can understand the chaos that surrounded us as I tried to talk to Melissa. It was this tiny apartment in public housing. My photographer and I walked up several flights of stairs. We knocked on the door. You could hear several children on the other side. Inside the apartment, it was Melissa, it was her other daughter, Ashley, and four kids, three, were in diapers. The kids were playing on the floor. They were running around. Melissa was sitting in a corner. I think she was finishing up a cigarette. And I believe Ashley was getting ready to feed the children some ramen noodles. Other than a small table in the corner with a couple of chairs where Melissa sat, there, there wasn't a whole bunch of other furniture, and it was really dark. It was pretty dark. 
The only child not in diapers was this cute little girl that looked close to Relisha's age. She had her hair braided and ponytails. She kept giving me hugs, and she wanted to sit in my lap the whole time. Really, all the kids wanted to be held. So my photographer, producer, and I, we took turns entertaining them, and they were all just so sweet. Melissa and Ashley were both very welcoming. I mean, they, they really welcomed us into the home there. And when I sat down with Melissa, her phone kept ringing while we were there, and she was quick to take any call in front of me. So there were a few interruptions and moments where I just couldn't tell if she was preoccupied with her phone or just perhaps maybe losing her train of thought. Maybe it was a bit of both. Melissa started by telling me she'd been in contact with Relisha's mom, Shamika, and actually asked her to come over. I was shocked to hear she'd asked her to talk to us because at that point, she had not done any extensive interviews with anyone. I honestly didn't expect her to show up, but I made it a point to stay as late as I could to find out. And sure enough, she showed up about an hour after we got there. She was wearing a beanie cap and a winter coat that she never took off the whole time I was there. Now, her entrance was it was a little dramatic and kind of puzzling to me because the minute she walked in, her mom and sister came toward her. It was as if they were having a reunion, as if they had not seen each other in a while, and it was very emotional. Tears were running down their face as they embraced each other. I don't know how long it had been since they'd seen each other, but it was clear they were still trying to process everything that had happened. I guess I just assumed they talked all the time since Relisha, at that point, had been missing for well over a month. Shamika barely made eye contact with me as she sat down and reluctantly talked to me. She was very defensive, and I knew at any moment she could get up and walk out. So before I play part of that interview, I need to give you some insight into what was happening at the time. A grand jury was considering charging Shamika with obstruction of justice for allegedly misleading police. So she was understandably nervous. She was clearly still in a state of shock. And Shamika made it clear she did not want to talk too much about Khalil Tatum. In fact, she said she was tired of the way she was being portrayed in the media. And remember, this was also the first time we had heard from her since Tatum was found dead. At this point, it had been five weeks since Relisha had last been seen alive. So I first wanted to understand the chronology of how 18 days passed before police knew Relisha went missing. So I asked Shamika when she last saw her little girl. And even then, she could not give me an exact date, but she did remember where she was. Over here at my sister's house, I did her hair. I bought her some shoes, some Jordan flights, some 2013 Jordan flights. Do you think Relisha's alive? Yeah. Why do you think that? I always have strong hopes. You can't never let your hopes down. And God don't play with babies and food. If she is alive, where do you think she could be? I don't know. Did she ever stay with Mr. Tatum at his house? Not that I know of. Do you blame him at all in this? I choose not to answer that, those questions. Are you angry with uh, Mr. Tatum? I'm, I'm probably angry with everybody, the world, the media, everybody. Why are you angry with the media? They just switches my words up. They don't let me be heard. They don't let my voice be heard out there. What do you want to say? Honestly, I don't know what I want to say because I have so many mixed thoughts in my head. So I don't know what I want to say at this time. Honestly, I think it's more that 
the government could have did. I think the school failed her too. Why is that? Because if they would have came out with a name from the start, something could have been done from the start. If they would have what? I'm sorry? Came out with the name of a doctor, something could have been started. Instead of them approaching my significant other as, tell Miss Young her doctor's call and she's clear, he could approach it another way, but he didn't. So this was the part I did not understand initially. Now, the school had called numerous times to find out why Relisha was not at school, and the story was she was sick and under the care of a Dr. Tatum. According to the Washington Post, Tatum even pretended to be a doctor and talked to the social worker at Relisha's school on the phone. So now, in this interview, She's implying it was her boyfriend who was getting the calls from the school about Relisha being sick. And she's implying that she had no idea the school had been notified a Dr. Tatum was taking care of her daughter, which is why she was absent from school so much. So let's just say that was the case. And we do not know if it was. Or let's just say Tatum called the school himself and made up the whole story when he had Relisha with him. And that's why she missed school. Perhaps Shamika was not the one who told the school her daughter was sick. Perhaps she did not get the call from the school about a Dr. Tatum. Perhaps she really did think her mom was taking care of Relisha. I have tried to put all these different scenarios in my head. Regardless, you are still the mother. You have not seen or heard from your own eight-year-old daughter in weeks. Weeks. And you are demanding to know where she is? Shouldn't you be the one calling Tatum? Shouldn't you be the one calling the school? Shouldn't you be the one calling a family member demanding to speak to your daughter at the very least? And why was it that it was a social worker who reported to police that your daughter was missing? Where'd you think she was all this time? Well, it was clear investigators were delayed in their search for Relisha in part because of all of these different statements, not just from Shamika, but also from Shamika's mom, who took care of Relisha. Those are the questions I never got to ask Shamika because at that point, she was done with the interview. Shamika's mom, Melissa, on the other hand, was very open and she answered all of my questions, but I found what she said to me was contradictory and, and, quite frankly, often confusing. So it gave me a lot of insight into just how confusing this must have been for investigators who were also just trying to make sense of it all. At one point, Melissa did tell me that investigators told her she should get a lawyer because they said she was lying. She did tell me that on February 26th, the day that we saw where that surveillance video captured Relisha and Tatum, she did tell me on that day Relisha was at her aunt's house the place where we did the interview at the apartment. She said Tatum wanted to take Relisha to a pool party, possibly with his granddaughter, so he picked her up from her aunt's house to take her shopping to buy a bathing suit. So that gives us a little bit of a reference point when it comes to that February 26th video. I mean, it's still crazy that this man wanted to take this little girl to a hotel to go swimming, but it seems Melissa knew that and willingly let her go. Melissa then tells me a bizarre story about something that happened on March 12th. Now, I found this to be significant because, remember, police said Relisha had not been seen since March 1st. Melissa tells me about a conversation she had with Tatum, not to talk about Relisha, but to see if he could fix the tablet he bought for Relisha because it was broken. She says she got a hold of him and asked if there was a warranty on the tablet. He told her there was and that he would be there on March 16th to pick it up. March 16th was a Sunday. Listen to what else she told me. 
I say, Mr. Tatum, um, have you talked to Relisha or do you have Relisha? His answer to me was no, he don't have her. So then he said, do you know where I am? And I'm like, yeah, you should be home getting ready to go out of town on your trip. This is when he was going to Atlanta, Georgia. So he was like, yeah, you're right, but I'm already in Atlanta, Georgia. We're, he said, we're already in Atlanta, Georgia. And I'm like, who? You, your wife, your daughter and your granddaughter? That's when he says to me, no, me, my wife, Relisha, my granddaughter, and my daughter. What were they doing there? He went on some type of, some type of, he told me it was a retreat. I don't know. But he told them, he told Mika it was a medical thing or something. I say, Shamika, did you know your daughter was out of town with Mr. Tatum and his family? She says, when he asked me, can she go? I told him, no, don't take her. How do you know? I said, because I just called him. One thing we know about this supposed conversation between Melissa, the grandmother, and Tatum, something's clearly off. First of all, in the beginning of that conversation, Melissa clearly says Tatum said he did not have Relisha. So either she misspoke or the conversation just didn't happen this way. We also know the police chief said Tatum was never out of town because he was at work and spotted in D.C. Plus, investigators say the last time Relisha was last seen alive was 11 days before this alleged conversation. Now, I'm not saying she didn't have this conversation with Tatum. She very well might have. But the story he supposedly gave clearly was not true. The problem with what Melissa told me was that it started to fuel rumors about where Relisha was, and it forced missing person billboards to go up and down the East Coast because of what she told investigators. Now, also in this conversation, Melissa told me she had asked Tatum to bring Relisha home within the next four days. That told me a couple of things. She was okay with overnight trips, and that she was used to Relisha being gone with him because he always brought her back. So it's clear she was okay with her granddaughter being with this man for at least four days. In May of 2017, my colleague here at the TV station at WUSA 9, Leslie Foster, was able to track down Shamika again and talk to her as we started a series of stories on missing children. After looking at her interview and my notes from the interview three years prior, Shamika's account really hadn't changed. She had, though, gotten a little bit bolder now in her statements. The last time I physically laid eyes on my daughter was in March. Um, it was a Friday, yes, because I remember taking some cupcakes up to my son's school for a party. So yes, it was a Friday. Um, I physically seen her in my sister's house. I took her shopping, bought her back, left her there with new shoes, jeans, some clothes, and some bobos because I did her hair. Mm -hmm. um, to this day forward, I still remember how I exactly did her hair and what color bobos was in her and what, how her appearance looked when I left her. Where did you think that Relisha was during that time? Did you think she was with Khalil Tatum? Did you think she was with a family member? It's not where did I think she was, it's where did I know I left my child last at. Where did you leave her last? Over on 37th place with my mother and my sister. So you're the, the last person that you know that you saw Relisha with, the person you gave your daughter to was your mother? Yes ma'am. Okay. And you assumed she's with her grandmother, she's fine. 
Yes, ma'am. So what we've reported is that you allowed your daughter to go with Khalil Tatum. That's not true. That is not true. Mm -mm. That's not true at all. Why do you think people trusted him? Um, practically because that goes back to the shelter situation. If there's a hungry child in need out there, it doesn't matter who it is, he's going out his way to feed this child. It doesn't matter if it's a boy or a girl. I done seen him do it to boys. I done seen him do it to girls. I done seen him do it to grown adults. It doesn't matter. If you're in need, if you're struggling at a bus stop and you ain't got no money, I done seen this man come out his pockets and give a whole parent some bus fare to get their child where they need to be going. Did you trust him? Um, I'm not just going to say I trusted him, but if you was a resident at the shelter and you would have seen his appearance or even if you was a complete stranger and you would have seen his appearance, you wouldn't think that he would do any harm to any children. And to this day forward, me personally, I don't believe he did anything to my child. Not until I see some proof. It's only but right. I have the right to feel like that. Do you believe that he was grooming you? Uh, no. Maybe grooming your daughter at all? No. No. And the reason why I'm saying that is because me personally, in order for me to believe something like that, I'm gonna need some physical evidence. It's only but right. So until I see some evidence that they got some evidence that there's a relation rug has been temporally or sexually molested or physically been drugged into sex trafficking, I need some evidence. So to this day, you do not believe that Khalil Tatum had anything to do with your daughter's disappearance? I'm not saying he don't, and I'm not saying he do, because I really don't know. Okay. But I don't believe he had everything to do with this disappearance. No, I don't. So, a few revealing things in this interview. First, she's not willing to entirely put the blame on Khalil Tatum. She still says she would need proof to believe he did anything to harm her daughter. Also, she entrusted her child with family members. She still thinks Relisha is alive, and she seems to indicate she has just as many questions as we do. Now, I talked to Leslie after the interview she did with Shamika. She told me Shamika was very hard to track down, but she found someone who had befriended the family when Relisha went missing. Leslie says that friend helped to fund searches, even paid for Shamika and her boyfriend to have an apartment. But something Shamika told Leslie in that interview forced the friend to call Leslie and take action. Since our story aired, she said to me today that she really can no longer stand by Shamika at all. There's something going on here that hasn't fully been told. The friend that was with Shamika when I interviewed her has kicked her out of her apartment, and she apparently did that because of what she heard in our interview. She did not believe that Shamika was telling the truth, and she just decided that I can't have, I can't support you, I can't help you when you don't appear to have any real concern for your daughter. But this confidant has sort of reached this point where she has said, I. I just can't support this anymore. And I've been here for the journey. And I'm begging her. She said, I have begged her to tell the truth because I don't believe she's telling the truth. And she really does believe that she either knows where Relisha is or that she played some role in harming Relisha. Yes. And that 
is an awful thing to swallow. After you talked to um, after you talked to Shamika, what did your gut tell you? My gut told me I'm not. I don't have the full story. Did Be- you think she was lying? Um. You know, that's an interesting thing. Was she lying or was she telling herself this and that she was starting to believe it? It was her truth. Her this truth was, to her. Was this her truth? Mm-hmm. She presented as if it was her truth. She seemed convicted about it. Often asked what I think about this case and what I think happened to Relisha. Is she still alive? Well, it's hard for me because I'm a mom of two little girls. On one hand, I think investigators made it pretty clear they felt this would be a recovery mission. But on the other, I recall all the stories we've done on children who were abducted or who disappeared, then found years later under some of the most mind-blowing circumstances. For me, the issue is also this 18 days. The 18 days that passed where no one knew she was missing. I still can't really wrap my head around this part. We're talking about an eight-year-old girl, a daughter, a granddaughter, a second grader who missed a lot of school. And the timeline is still a bit confusing for me. We all know she was captured on surveillance video walking into a motel on March 1st, 2014. Then Tatum was seen the very next day without her buying the shovel and the trash bags from the Home Depot. But we also learned he went back to work at the homeless shelter where Relisha's mom, Shamika, was living. If so, what did he tell Shamika if he saw her? What conversations did they have? If, in fact, Khalil Tatum was behind something so sinister, how in the world did he go back to the very place where he met this little girl and face her mother? And then on March 19th, more than two weeks after that Home Depot trip, Tatum goes to work and he knows someone from social services would be meeting with him, so he skips out early. Why on that night did he meet his wife at a motel, kill her, and then just leave her there? Remember, it was good detective work that helped lead police to that Red Roof Inn where they found his wife murdered. And then there's everything we don't know. Did they find DNA or bloodstains or clothing? But this is also the reality of a police investigation. They're not going to tell us everything at this stage, right? And perhaps that's the problem so many of us are having because you don't know what you don't know. And Tatum decided he would take all of those answers with him when he killed himself. I've received a lot of feedback from our podcasts, and many of you feel Relish's mom knows more. Maybe she does, but maybe she doesn't. What we do know is 18 days is a killer for any investigation, and bottom line, it has not brought us any closer to finding Relisha Rudd, who would now be a preteen, a 12-year-old girl, and big sister to three little brothers who looked up to her and I'm sure miss her very much. By the time you would have listened to all three episodes of this podcast, 96 children will have been reported missing. This is the story of just one of those children. R-E-L-I-S-H-A. The shelter give us some place to stay. Pray for us. Help me get my daughter back home safe. It has been three weeks since eight-year-old Relisha Rudd disappeared and investigators are not giving up their search. 
more than 100 officers and cadets, all looking for some sign of little Relisha Rudd, last seen alive on March 1st in the presence of convicted felon Khalil Tatum, the janitor at the homeless shelter where Relisha lived. We're not making any assumptions, but I think that it'd be prudent for us now at this point to make sure that we search, and this is a very large area, search this area very well. We cannot um, ignore the possibility that he may have killed her. Do you think Willis is alive? Yeah. Why do you think that? I always have strong hopes. You can't never let your hopes down. To this day, there have been no signs of Erlisha Rudd, and no charges have been brought against anyone in this case, and that includes Shamika and Melissa Young. 18 Days is a production of WUSA 9. It's written and produced by me, Jan Jeffcoat, and Dory Olmos, edited by Chris Mullen with help from Sonia Dasgupta. You can find photos, a timeline, and extended interviews at WUSA9.com slash 18 days. And if you have any tips or information about Relisha's disappearance, please call D.C.'s Metropolitan Police Department at 202-727-9099. You can also text a tip to 50411.